0: Thank you. Very important day. Without mothers we wouldn't be here. <laughs> uh, I will say today is May fourteenth. Would have been my parents' forty seventh anniversary. My brother's birthday. And I do miss my mom. And I miss my grandmother. Uh, First time I heard that song, Victory in Jesus, was at my grandmother's funeral. And I sang it Um uh, But speaking of mothers, there's one mother that we all get to be a part of. Whether you realize it or not, the church as a whole is a mother. The Bible refers to the church as the bride of Christ. That's what we are. We're the Bride of Christ collectively. And each one of us individually are her children. And I was looking for the right words and the right scripture to preach this morning. And I often look at other preachers, especially great preachers, to try and find inspiration. And today's inspiration came from Charles Spurgeon on April 8th of 1860 at Metropolitan Tabernacle in London he preached the church a mother Uh, and he used part of the scripture that I have up here the last two verses is what he used and his whole sermon was just on those last two verses so I looked at the scripture before that and I expanded on it and I just adapted the bullet points that he had Um, because it fit so well Especially with Mother's Day. The church is the bride of Christ and thus is the mother of all of its all of its individual people. And if we truly believe that, then we have to accept that it is our responsibility to act as a mother should act when we're working together as a church. And when we read this scripture It's going to seem strange at first, but I promise we're going to uh, go over it. And it's Revelation to Isaiah. And he's talking to, uh, it says Zion, but he's actually, it's Israel, it's Jerusalem. And verse 14, starting there, it says, Zion says, The Lord has abandoned me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or lack compassion for the child of her womb? Even if these forget, yet I will not forget you. Look, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your builders hurry. Those who destroy and devastate you will leave you. Look up and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. As I live, this is the Lord's declaration. You will wear all your children as jewelry and put them on as a bride does. For your waste and desolate places and your land marked by ruins will now be indeed too small for the inhabitants and those who swallowed you up will be far away. In these last two verses I want you to really pay attention to. It says, Yet as you listen, the children that you have been deprived of will say, This place is too small for me. Make room for me so that I may settle. Then you will say within yourself, Who fathered these for me? I was deprived of my children and unable to conceive, exiled and wandering. But who brought them up? See, I was left by myself. But these, where did they come from? You see, God is talking to Isaiah, and he's talking about Israel. And he's telling him that the children that Israel are losing the children that Israel feels deprived of, the children that Israel thinks don't exist because they've been capt- uh, taken captive, or they're going to be taken captive, they're there. And Israel is a mother to those children, and the church is no different. The church is a mother to those children, to the children of God. And I want you to first notice that the church is indeed a mother, because the church There's a responsibility for raising spiritual children. It's our collective responsibility as a church to raise each other up spiritually, to bring forth new pastors and new missionaries and new leaders and new caregivers, new teachers, new pianists. They come from within the church. It's also our responsibility to go out and seek new followers, new members. To bring new people into the church and those introduce those people to Jesus so that they can become sons and daughters of God. That's what a mother does is they raise up their children spiritually. They nurture that spiritual nature. They teach their children about God. And they create new leaders from their children secondly the church must feed those children see we can bring in all the people we want to but if we're not feeding them they're gonna leave if we're not feeding them spiritually emotionally they're gonna leave mothers take care of their children by feeding them not just nourishment with food but nourishment for the soul. They feed them love. They feed them compassion. They feed them discipline. Mothers feed their children. The church needs to feed its children. So we all have to work together to feed each other, to make sure that when someone is down and out, they're taken care of. When someone's feeling lost or confused, we feed them with scripture and with love and compassion so that they can be lifted back up. And the church must train her children. Like I said, it's the church's responsibility to train the next generation. To make sure that the children know how to do the job that we're asking them to do. Whether it's seeing play the piano or teach or preach or simply just care for the children in a class or in a nursery. We have to train them to do that. We have to make sure that that person is equipped to take care of whatever has been given them. See, there's an old saying that God doesn't call the equipped, He equips the call Every single one of us are called to be a part of the mother of the church. We, the church is the mother. So we're all called to be part of the mother of each individual who is in the church. And so we have, to be, have the responsibility of making sure that each of us is equipped to do what we've been called to do. The children, church must also nurse her children. When one of our members is hurting, in pain emotionally or physically, or sick, or ill, we have to nurse each other in that aspect. We have to nurse each other. took up a prayer list this morning and it's very important that we continue to do that. But not just make a list but actually pray for those people. To lift those names in prayer. That's nursing each other. Sometimes it's just as simple as a phone call. Hey, how are you doing? Or a text message. Hey, how are you doing? It's nursing each other that way. Making sure that they know that you're on their mind, that they're on your mind, and when we work together, it doesn't become. A, when you work together, it doesn't become an overbearing task. She
1: pulled up this morning.
0: I want you to notice that sometimes the church has to mourn. Like I said, I don't have my mother this morning. She's passed in 2020. I don't have my grandmother. She died in 1999. And there's many of us who are missing mothers this morning. So the church has to mourn because mothers mourn. Sometimes they mourn the loss of their children. And it's something that we have to realize that we are going to face. Sometimes our children die spiritually. We discover that they're not yet a part of God's house. And that's a sad time for us when we realize that, that our children have not answered a call to Jesus. And we can mourn that, but we can also learn from it and pray for them and still minister to them. But we know that it hurts our hearts when that happens. But we can mourn together. We never have to mourn alone. Sometimes our children die physically. They're no longer here. And while we mourn their loss here and we miss them dearly, if they were a part of the house of God, we know that they are with God now. And while we can mourn that here, we can also rejoice in that mourning. Then there's a third type of mourning. Because sometimes they just move away. Sometimes members of the church have to go somewhere else. And we can mourn the absence of that person, but know that they're where they're supposed to be. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing wherever they're at. And it's sad that they're not in our presence anymore, they're not home anymore. But we can rejoice that they're where they're supposed to be. And luckily for us, we have homecoming come on, coming up in just a few months. So... <laughs> We'll see many faces come back for that. But we know it's just temporary. And the next Sunday, the church will feel empty. But then sometimes the church has to be held captive. And it's going to seem weird, but that's something that we should look forward to. Sometimes. When we look back at the church throughout history, we go back to the Israelite nation and it was taken captive and taken to a foreign land. When it came back, it grew. It grew beyond measure. They rebuilt the temple and they grew. And we've seen that in the Christian church as well. So many times we face persecution and we face troubles and we face hard times and we have to move somewhere else. Some of you know this, some of you don't, but I like genealogy. I like looking up family history. And I found out that Reverend Anthony Pardee was an Anglican minister in England just before the colony of Connecticut was founded. He was Protestant under a Catholic king. He was persecuted. His son was beaten nearly to death. And so his son fled to America. His name George Party. He fled to America. He landed in Connecticut small town of New Haven, New Haven, Connecticut. It was a brand new colony, but he found religious freedom in America. Helped establish a church there. Helped establish a college a lot of you have heard of called Harvard. Helped establish Christian schools there. And his family grew and flourished. why I'm here today. They spread out across this country to New York, to Pennsylvania, to Kansas, to California, to Mississippi. And that's just my genealogy. Some families were escaping other types of persecution or escaping famines and came to America. Pilgrims came to America for the purpose of religious persecution. Puritans were being persecuted in England because they were a odd little bunch. They landed in Massachusetts in November of 1620 in a little boat called the Mayflower and established a colony and that colony still exists and that church grew and grew even under some later Protestant kings Catholics (laughs) led to a little colony called Rhode Island and it grew so the churches face different kinds of persecution throughout the years and every time they grow. Because sometimes the church has to be held captive. How many mothers have ever felt captive in their own home? All they get to see is their four walls and their children. but so They get to see their children grow. And then when their children expand and go outwards. They have grandchildren and then great-grandchildren and then great-grandchildren. and just continue to grow and grow and grow and the family grows that way. So while sometimes it feels like we're trapped in here and we're not having a lot of growth, we will. We just have to keep the faith like a mother who prays for her children every day. We have to pray for each other. We have to know that that growth is coming. Because the church increases. When you look back at those verses, maybe you can see those aspects. Especially in verse 21. says, who fathered these for me? The only way that that can happen is if you're a mother. As if you have children. I can tell you who fathered them for you. Jesus Christ fathered those children for us. As a church, Jesus Christ is our father. He is our leader. He is the head of everything we believe. And so we have to work together as a mother of each other. We have to take care of each other. Like a mother takes care of her children. Since I was deprived of my children and unable to conceive, some of you are probably using the King James version that uses a word like desolate or something along that line. When I was reading the sermon that Charles Spurgeon had, he used the word bereaved. It's mourning. Israel was mourning the fact that so many of her children have been lost in wars and battles. Sometimes we mourn, and we have to. But from it, we can grow stronger together. It says that Exiled and wandering. It's where we get captivated at. We get, get taken hostage by certain situations. We get persecuted. Ran out. Dismayed, maybe. But we just keep the faith and we Keep praying. And we keep pushing forward. And if we have to move, we move, right? But we never give up. I don't know very many mothers who ever gave up. They work hard for their children. They pray hard for their children. They want their children to succeed. And if the church ever gives up, we are all in trouble. We work together and we pray for each other. and We work, help each other. And we lift one another up so that we can succeed together. Just remember that we each are individuals, and we are loved by a Holy Father who paid a price that we couldn't pay, and we have that calling to answer, saying, say, Lord, please forgive me. And once we do that, we become part of a collective known as the church. And while we may individually still have things to learn, we can start to work together for each other. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for the blessings you've given us. And thank you for the simple Mother's Day message, Lord. And I ask that you touch the hearts of each and every person here who's listening to these words so that they can realize that they are a part of your church, Lord your bride and that we have a collective responsibility to work together to lift each other up and to train each other and to make each other stronger lord and that we have to have to get past our individual mindset and get out of the world lord and get into your word and into your world so that we can earnestly and truthfully see that we have to work together. Lord, I ask that you touch our hearts and our minds to carry that message on to others that they are loved they are cared for and that, Lord, it's through your grace and your blood that all things are possible, Lord, and that you and you alone grant salvation. And I ask that we lift each other up in prayer and we carry each other <coughs> through all trials and come our way so that we don't remain in any kind of captivity, Lord, but we grow from it and we become stronger and bigger than we were before And I ask that You touch all our hearts and our minds as we go from here and remember You in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.